Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. One of the challenges of traveling is managing your money. If you're tired of getting crushed by bank fees and exchange rates, you need to check out wise.com. I have been a customer for over 10 years. This is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. It's been essential for me first as a traveler, then later as a digital nomad and an expat living abroad, running a business from around the world. You get one account, which allows you to send, spend, and convert money internationally, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. You can join 16 million customers, learn how the Wise account can work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to Wise for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com. I just want like a reset button and just carve out a year and just go do what I love, which is travel. When people think about doing a trip like this or doing something really big like this, of course, you know, our brains are scrambling for like security and logistics. And this is just such a big risk. How do you know that, you know, it's not going to go disastrously? And how are you going to afford this? And how are you going to make this happen? And how are you going to, you know... Um, it's so risky. It's so risky. And I, I just feel like, but you know what? It's also a risk to not do it. It's also a risk to not follow your heart, to not be open to new experiences, to stay in your routine all the time. Like that's risky. Like you're risking losing so much richness and so much experience. That is today's guest, Leslie McKellar, a member of this podcast listening community here who came through Norway and reached out. She was eight months into a year-long trip. And I thought, well, this is a great time to chat. You're past the honeymoon phase. You've been gone long enough where you've been able to make some mistakes and learn from them. You have the ability to really start to reflect on the experience so far. And of course, you have all of the lessons you learned leading up to the trip, saving for a year of travel and all of the rest that goes into it. And I'm so excited to share this one with you. You're going to hear how she was able to budget and save for a year of travel, a simple philosophy around what to do if you run out of money, some of the travel and general mistakes she's made so far and how you can avoid maybe making some of those yourself if you're planning a longer term trip why to consider spending big chunks of time in one place and ideas on how to pick those destinations that can always be a tricky decision hey am i going to spend a bunch of time in a place and if so how do i choose them because our time and our budgets are limited so you'll get some thoughts Around that, we talk about some of the valuable lessons solo travel can teach you, how you can save money as a solo traveler, and just a ton more. (laughs) You're going to love this one. Plus, a 60-second challenge she throws out there, really where it all started for her. And this 60-second challenge just might help you find your next big adventure in life. And a shout out to a listener who is seizing their opportunity to travel to a tune of 37,000 miles and counting and much more. It's all happening right now. So buckle up, strap in. Thanks for being here and 
Welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey, what's up? It's Jason here with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. And when it comes down to it, at some point, if we want to travel longer term, we need to seize the moment. We need to see the windows of time available to us. We need to seize those moments and not let them slip by. Or we need to really take those moments. We need to force them for ourselves, essentially. And the way things came together for our guest today, Leslie, it could have gone a lot of different ways, but she decided to take the lemons she was handed, essentially turning them into lemonade, What I mean by lemonade, of course, because this is a travel show, is a year of travel. That's like a magic number in some ways, this whole idea of, let me take a year off to travel, and she seized her opportunity to do that. We get into that and why she chose that, how it all happened, and I think this is a big takeaway for me, just a reminder to seize the opportunities that we may be presented, even if they're hidden underneath a pile of misfortunes. (laughs) And it was such a joy to get to meet up with Leslie, being a part of the listening community, getting to do it in person. She is a professional editorial photographer. She's been for the last 15 plus years. Of course, you can check out her work at lesliryanmckeller.com. Link to all that in the show notes. Her work has been featured in New York Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, among other major media outlets. She's an established photographer, really a dream career for some people. And it was interesting to hear how the career break aspect of this is affecting her and some of the thoughts and ideas around that, which always sparks other questions, I think, for us as listeners wondering about things that we might want to take pauses on or take breaks on or hit the reset buttons around, which is a theme that is coming up quite a bit lately in the interviews, this idea of hitting a reset button. And a lot of people in this audience are using travel to do just that. And speaking of the listening community here at the Zero to Travel podcast, the best podcast listening community in the world, you know it. I do want to give a shout out to somebody who seized their moment to travel and is on an epic journey as we speak. And they have something in common with today's guest, in fact. This shout out goes to Mike, a new member of this listening community, wrote me an email. He said, in September 2021, I quit my well-paying real estate job in New York and sold nearly all of my stuff and left on a around-the-world motorcycle trip. In the last 14 months, I've ridden nearly 37,000 miles across the United States, Canada, and Mexico, and I'm currently on my southward journey to the Ushuaia 
area, the southern tip of South America. I've used my time on the road to build my portfolio as a travel photographer and writer with the hopes of building that into a career I can do while living this nomadic lifestyle for the foreseeable future. want to just say congratulations to Mike. Thanks for checking in. He offered himself up as a guest, and in the spirit of continuing to have guests from this listening community, y'all are doing so many amazing things out there. Uh, we're going to have him on the show, so I'll be reaching out to book something with you so we can hear more about your ro- motorcycle journey, get some tips on that. And if you have any uh, stories you want to share, tips, advice, you just want to say hi, you can always drop me a line. Jason at zerototravel.com is my email. Of course, I leave the link to the voicemail box and all of the show notes. Would absolutely love to hear from you. Love to have listeners on the show. And it was such a treat to get to meet up with Leslie in person. I'm going to bring you that conversation now. You know, in this chat, she shares a specific example of how travel is creating a new opportunity for her in her life and in her work. And these examples come up time and again, these amazing opportunities in other areas of life or in your career that you would never discover unless you got out on the road because they don't happen unless you're out on the road. So as we go into this, just a reminder that when you're seizing the opportunity to travel, you're also seizing other opportunities that you don't even know exist yet, which is an exciting thought. So I'll leave you with that as we slip and slide into this interview. Stick around on the back end. A few comments on that 60-second challenge Leslie throws out there that can allow you to really launch your next big adventure in life, whatever that means to you, and some other thoughts on the interview. Thanks for listening. Enjoy our chat, and I'll see you on the other side. But we are officially recording. All right. Good job, us. (laughs) (laughs) This is a pleasure for me because, well, if you listen to the show, you probably hear me say quite often, oh, yeah, get in touch, whatever. And if you ever come through Oslo, let me know. And you took me up on it. I did. Yeah. Of course I did. I'm sitting here in person in the Kulturhus, which is downtown Oslo with Leslie McKellar and your website, leslieryanmckellar.com. We'll drop that in the show notes. You're a freelance photographer traveling through Europe. Yeah. So, um, for a year. Anyway, great to meet you and great welcome to, to the Zero well. to Travel podcast. Thanks for friend. having me on. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Yeah. This is a nice setting. I, whenever I do these things in person, I'd like to describe the setting, but I'll let you because you're, you know, you're seeing this with fresh eyes and you're like a, that's true. You said you're into colors and patterns. So I am. <laughs> well, we're in a courtyard of sorts um, that is kind of a cool sunshine yellow. And there's a disco ball and fairy lights hanging. And there's some nice little jazzy music playing. Yeah. And uh, we can see the street, but we're off the street. You nailed it. Thanks. And the disco ball, I hadn't noticed till we just started looking around. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's kind of a focal point, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Clearly, I haven't had enough coffee today. <laughs> I'm really excited. I thought it'd be fun to record. And thankfully, you were gracious enough to 
except I don't get to do in-person recording so often. I also wanted to prove to people, hey, I, you know, we really do meet up when people yeah, like get in touch I mean and say, it. I mean it. yes. But also I wanted to hear a bit more about your story because I, I was pretty inspired by the, the sort of the journey leading up to your trip. And then, yeah, just that you're solo traveling around Europe. I want to hear more about that and how it's going and some of the things you've learned and, you know, just kind of unpack it all today. But maybe we can start with the the toxic mold that may or may not have been toxic mold. <laughs> and we're, cause that yeah. kind of, if you pinpoint, sometimes these things evolve over time, but other times I think it's like, it may be something that sort of triggers a series of events. It sounds mm-hmm. like this toxic mold thing was that for you. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. It sent me on a traje- trajectory that I was not expecting. In 2020, I started getting just really sick with a lot of weird and different symptoms and really didn't know what was going on. My doctors didn't know what was going on. And we started thinking maybe it was environmental. Something was making me sick. It was just Uh, like you were feeling fatigued all the time or what was the... I was... It started with like really crazy sinus problems. um, And I've never had a sinus issue in my life, never had allergies in my life Mm. and just had like an ocean of fluid in my head and just, you know... Um, and then it kind of progressed into we- rashes and uh, all kinds of crazy things we don't have to go into. Yeah. So we had my apartment tested, like professionally tested, and they found pretty high levels of the bad kinds of mold. You know, a lot of buildings have mold and some people are more disposed to get sick from it and some people just kind of get sniffles and it's like minor allergies and some people have nothing at all Mm. so we really my doctors thought no this is this is what's making you sick and uh you need to basically move out of your apartment and get rid of all of your things because mold penetrates everything and i was like oh okay (laughs) so literally usually you expect to get like medicine or something not like uh, you need to get rid of everything and move out exactly yeah (laughs) um so i did i had within a few days i moved out of my apartment that i had been in for five years this is in charleston in charleston yeah correct um my little apartment that i loved i moved out i my mom who's an angel said you know move into my house she was actually away at the time so I moved into her house and spent, actually got much sicker uh, over a course of months before I started getting better. I had mm. to go on a crazy strict diet, like crazy strict diet. <laughs> there were more things I couldn't eat than I could eat by, really? by far. Yeah. Wow. Um, because the doctors told you yeah. or it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Yeah. I had two doctors I was working with and- uh, How yeah. stressful. It was really terrible because it was also, I was also dealing with like extreme anxiety, which again is not really, a th- ha- it just hasn't been something that I've dealt with in mm. my life. I mean, I've been anxious. Everybody's been anxious, but yeah. like anxiety with a capital A, mm. <laughs> you know, like really legit anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a really low point for sure mm. in my life. It was a very, very difficult few months. Um, thankfully, after, I don't know, it was maybe six months before I started kind of turning a corner, uh, I got back on my feet, started feeling better day by day, 
and eventually just thought, well, it's probably time for me to, you know, move out of my mom's house. <laughs> I'm 45, so, you know, not every 45-year-old wants to live with their mom forever, even though my mom is amazing. Was that back in Michigan or where is she? This is in Charleston. She's in oh, Charleston she's in as Charleston well. Too. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the thought of just finding a new apartment and going back into life as I knew it, because at this, this was simultaneously happening with the pandemic. Yeah. I, something felt not right about that. It was like not, I was like, I don't, I don't want to just go get an apartment and just continue my job as it's been. And I feel like I have this odd window where mm. I'm completely untethered. I have no home. I got rid of my car. I got rid of so much stuff that I, you know, I felt like, and I've always been a traveler. And every time I would travel like for a week somewhere, I would say, no matter where I was, I'd say, I really wish I could come back here for like a month or two <laughs> and like really, you know, meet some people and like figure out what's the vibe, what's really going on here? How do people live? Yeah. What do they do for work? Like, I'm always just interested in knowing. I, I don't want to just schlep around and see some landmarks and move, you know, go back home. Like, I want to know how do people live here? What are they like? What are they, what are their values? You know? Yeah. So I've always thought about long-term travel, but of course, long-term travel isn't really accessible to a lot of people because we do, we are tethered and that's a good thing too. We have homes and we have kids and we have, you know, jobs. And, um, I just, I just felt like, wow, this is a really, this is an opportunity for me. Yeah. This is, I might not ever have this again. You know, my only, I had a dog for 12 years. He passed away in 2017. So I okay. literally had no dependents. I'm single. Uh, I'm a freelance photographer, so my job is quite mobile yeah. if I need it to be. But yeah. I was really thinking, I just want like a reset button and just carve out a year and just go do what I love, yeah. which is travel. Mm. Wow. And I thought, well, can I do this? Is yeah. this is this a thing? Is this possible? Right. More possible than ever, it sounded like. Yeah. yeah. Well, for sure. And yeah. I think it's more it was more possible for me at that moment in time, but I think it's also more possible for all of us in some in some respects right now in the modern age. Yeah. So I, you know, told my mom this is this is what's kind of coming up in my heart. Like this is kind of a dream that's just being born. I don't know if it's possible. And she said, "Let let's do it. Let's make it happen. Why don't you stay with me?" You know, it'll save you hundreds and hundreds of dollars in rent every month. Yeah. Stockpile your money, save up every penny and stay here as long as you need to until you, you know, save as much as you think you're going to need to pull this off and then go do it. And here I am. That's awesome. It's so awesome. <laughs> I can't, I still can't believe it. And I'm eight months into this thing. Yeah. Okay. So you've been traveling for eight months. I started, yeah. I did a, I did a true calendar year. I oh, left okay. Charleston January 4. Wow. And arrived in Florence, Italy, January 5. Do you have a ticket back home? No. No. <laughs> wow. I'm sure I'll get there at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Was there a period of time where you were kind of like, you know, you had to get rid of everything, like you said, and, and then you were kind of getting over this for six months. Was there a period of time where you got used to like not having all that stuff? Like did that was that an adjustment or was it just right away like, ah, this is... Um, I've always been a little bit of a minimalist in a sense that like I love a good purge. 
Yeah. So every every six months, probably in my life, I'll do this just a big purge and sort of bring things to goodwill or give them to friends who I think might enjoy them more than I have. Or, yeah. um, so it might have been a little less traumatic okay. than first than it would for some people for me, yeah. but it was still pretty significant. Um, yeah, but I I think I re- really was legitimately feeling so badly that that was my focus was just I need to I need to get better like I need to get well yeah. so my stuff was kind of like yeah secondary. secondary yeah yeah I mean everything is effort right it takes effort to rebuy all your stuff and to find an apartment and everything else but it also takes effort to plan a trip to save and absolutely it's like what are you going to put your time and energy into absolutely and it sounds like you chose wisely in my opinion <laughs> thank you I think so too <laughs> so far so good so you saved up the money. It must have been very satisfying kind of coming towards the end of the year. I'm not sure when you booked your ticket, but everything that you'd been through for essentially a year and a half, right? Yeah. Like you had the health stuff and then you had to get rid of everything, moved yeah. in with your mom. Like you said, not the ideal choice, but yeah. like, thank God for family yep, and exactly. and then decided to stay there and, and continue saving. And that was another year, yep. right? And, yep. and you were sort of healthy but working at yes. that time and just saving money. Exactly. So there was a lot of work put into getting to the point where you got on the plane on January 4th. How did you feel when you took off that day? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I felt like it was something of a miracle, to be honest. Yeah, like, is this real? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, like you said, it was a lot of work. It was a yeah. lot of work to save enough or what I thought, what, what I thought would, I hoped would be enough, you know? Um, how much can we ask about budget and things sure. like that or? Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, did you have a target? I did have a target. So yeah. my target was $40,000. Yeah. Um, I kind of just thought, okay, let's think about Airbnbs. If you book Airbnbs by the month, it tends to be much cheaper. Yeah. Um, they'll give you like some sometimes 30 40% off which is huge and i wanted to be in each place for a month yeah at least and so i kind of figured out okay lodging wise that's going to be my biggest hit so if i average you know and i knew that some airbnbs would be cheaper than much cheaper than others based both on location where they were and the season, yeah. you know, in summer right. they spike. As you're traveling the whole year, so. exactly. Yeah. So I kind of did just did it really did an average and thought, okay, if I can kind of keep a lodging budget to around two thousand a month, yeah. Um, knowing sometimes it would be three grand a month and sometimes it might be a thousand yeah. a month. Uh, I'll aim for that, and then I figured, uh, you know, maybe a thousand, fifteen hundred for expenses and just getting around and eating and all that. I made sure to book Airbnbs that had like a kitchen so I wasn't eating out constantly, a washing machine so I didn't have to deal with all of that. I really wanted home from homes, which is their their deal. So yeah, it was a guess. It was a it was a big guess and I think I saved not quite that much between 35 and 40 um and thought you know what if i run out of money i'll i'll just come back yeah right (laughs) (laughs) i'll still get probably nine ten months of amazing experiences in and that's not a failure so let's just see what happens (laughs) you know let's just let's just go and see what happens yeah 
I love that. We'll be back in a moment. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos, and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude. Go! To learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why We're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Now, back to the show. I didn't mean to cut you off on like how you were feeling when you stepped on the plane, but we got into the budget thing and I just wanted to get a sense of where you were at. So... Anyway, back to that moment uh, of getting on the plane. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I have a, a selfie, and I, I don't do many selfies, but I took a picture of myself when I sat down on my couch in my apartment in Florence, and it was January 5, and I'd been traveling for, you know, overnight, really long time. I had been through two years of hell, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and... You know, I look a mess and it's like my favorite picture of me. I'll probably never share it publicly, but like... I was just going to ask you if we could have it and put ah, it up with the show notes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, let me think about that. Um, you know, after traveling for that long. But really, it's just like I can see in my face this little... In my eyes, this little glint of like triumph. <laughs> like yeah. I did it. Like I did it. I'm here. I'm wow. sitting here. Like I made this dream happen and like I said I knew who knows what's going to happen over the course of a year who knows if I'll pull off the whole year if I'll have to go I don't know but I'm I made it like I I moved on it I acted on it and did it I'm getting chills as you were describing that moment Uh. but you you think about all the rewards that you will reap from like choosing to have these experiences and travel and spend your money on this and go and do this thing but sometimes I think a moment like that gets lost in the the accomplishment Mm -hmm. of 
working towards it and then making a dream a reality. Yeah. It, like you said, the glint of a uh, triumph you had yeah. in your eyes. I mean, that does a lot for a person as an individual, mm. I feel. Yeah. hundred percent. I think, I don't know. We, I mean, it shows what you're capable of. Yeah. And I right? think it's, it's great to, I don't know. I think we need to celebrate ourselves a little bit more often than we do. And we need to, Pat each other, pat ourselves on the back a little more, and I don't know, give give ourselves hugs every once in a while. And, you know, <laughs> we just need we need those moments of like, hey, you know what? I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. Yeah, and that was a big moment for you, I guess. Just that was kinda, a, yeah. yeah, it was a really big moment. And then you were off and running. And then I was off and running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to hear about some of your experiences traveling over the last eight months. One more logistical question I had, because, you know, as an American citizen, you can be in Europe for three months, every six months. What? How are you getting around? All of the, that. Yeah. Well, that was a big part of the planning process for me. And it was a huge decider in where I would go and when, knowing right. that I, I kind of needed to work around or not work around them, work within those restrictions. Yeah. So I sort of just planned it to where I would be in, you know, EU or it's the Shenzhen re- region yeah. for three months. And then I'd be somewhere where I was outside of it for three months. And then I'd be back in for three months and out for three months. Okay. So what is so, the, what, what have you done and what is the plan going okay. forward, I guess? So I started in Florence for two months. And then the plan, <laughs> you'll hear, probably hear me say this a lot. The plan so you was... you in Florence for two months? Yeah. Wow. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh what was actually pretty great about it as well, not to get on a tangent, but it was January and February. And so the crowds were about as minimal as they get yeah, right. in Florence, and which was lovely. And I, I told you before we hopped on the recording, I'm an introvert. And so being able to wander around Florence, I don't care if it's a little bit chilly, like I'll throw on my sweater. I'm happy as can be. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty that was pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so then the plan was to go spend a month in Budapest after that. Well, about a week before I was scheduled to leave for Budapest, uh, the war broke out in Ukraine. And it gave me pause about the destination because I felt, you know, at the time, I mean, it literally had just broken out. Everybody was quite shocked, actually, that Putin went through with it. And everybody kind of felt like, we don't know where this is going. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, and, you know, refugees were starting to pour out of Ukraine into bordering countries, including Mm. Budapest, Mm. including Hungary, I should say. And I just felt a little weird showing up as a tourist, number one, because I felt like, am I taking an apartment that somebody could really be needing or using right now? Um, am I safe being right next door to a war that feels very unpredictable? You know, there were just a, yeah. some things that I felt like, ugh, yeah. I don't know what to do here. Yeah. I don't, you know, like I'll probably, it would probably be okay if I went, but I just thought. Yeah, there were questions, uh, legitimate yeah. questions. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So literally with a week to go, I completely rearranged <laughs> my <laughs> plan. Uh canceled the Airbnb in Budapest and I ended up spending the next month between Vienna and Prague. And it it worked out so much better, I think, because 
I fell in love with Vienna, like fell hard. Yeah. And originally I was, that was just going to be a quick, like two day trip from Budapest for me. And I ended up spending two and a half weeks there. And I would have been heartbroken if I had only been there for two days because I just loved it. Yeah. I had a magical experience. Mm. So that's one of the many ways this year where things didn't go as planned and it was stressful in the moment. And then looking back, I'm like, hmm, actually, I think that I think that ter- maybe turned out better for me. Yeah, right. Which is cool. Yeah. And then did you leave the the Schengen area eventually? Yes. Where did you so, go? <laughs> 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 uh, I'm laughing because that just reminded me of what actually happened. So I got COVID in, well, when I was in Prague. Yeah. So that also threw my travel plans quite a bit. I you know, had to stay uh, quarantined when I wasn't expecting to, etc. I went back to Vienna to be with a, a wonderful friend of mine who wore a mask in her house while I was still testing positive. And of course I did too. And, uh, you know, just let me stay there until wow. I was free to, again, to move about the That's continent. Nice. Yeah. Um, so that was a curveball again. <laughs> yeah. And so I was at her house in Vienna. I was, had a plane ticket to go. Where did I? to Dubrovnik, Croatia, because that's outside the Schengen region. And I was scheduled to leave. It was a Saturday morning. We were hanging out, deciding what we were going to do that day. I was scheduled to fly to Croatia that that following Thursday. And I realized all of a sudden, wait a second, like how many days have I been in the Schengen region? Like, Oh, yeah. Right. Am I close to my 90 days? Because the COVID threw my, my schedule off. So I get literally get a calendar and just, you know, use my finger to count days on the calendar. Oh, I've, I've, I've been there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I realized, oh my God, I need to get out of here like tomorrow. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> so I went from like, you know, making plans to go to the flea market that right. day to like kind getting of chilling on, out to being like, oh my God. Buying an airplane ticket <laughs> and literally leaving the next morning, like wow. packing up my stuff and flying to Croatia early. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Wow. Um, well, when you go on a trip like this, you know there are going to be curveballs thrown, to use your words. Yeah. You just don't know what they're going to be. So exactly. it sounds like you've been kind of going with the flow and just figuring that out as you go. Yeah. I want to hear about the other destinations you've been to and things like that. But when you were picking these cities and deciding where you're going to spend these big chunks of time, and I, I do like love that philosophy of just kind of, hey, I don't need to go city to city. I mean, that it, it just depends on what kind of travel mode you're in, but it is nice to spend quality time. But it's also a big decision, right? You're like, all right, well, I'm going to stay in Florence for two months. Where you like, you know, again, first world problems, right? But like, how do you pick the place you're going to stay for that amount of time? Because you could have stayed in any Italian city, let alone any other city in Europe and stayed two months. Like, how did you choose which cities to live in for these longer amounts of time? That's a great question. So um, a couple of the places... I chose are places that I have been for very short periods of time. So I had, I had done a week trip in Italy, um, between Rome, spending my time between Rome, Venice, and Florence. And Florence was just the size 
town, the size city that I really love. You're just like, I like the vibe there. I, I like see. the vibe. Yeah. I can walk everywhere, but it's not tiny. There's tons to do. There's tons of art. There's, you know, it's beautiful. Um, Rome felt, it's just bigger and a little bit more chaotic. Uh and Venice is gorgeous, but I, I don't know that I wouldn't be bored after two months. Yeah. You know, some of the decisions were just based on I've been there really like briefly before and loved it. And then some were kind of random. Like I was thinking this morning about how I ended up in Oslo specifically because I knew I wanted to see Scandinavia. Yeah. Uh, I had never been here other than Copenhagen, which I've heard some some people don't consider Copenhagen <laughs> true Scandinavia. Really? Why? Yeah. I don't know. For sure it is. Okay, thanks. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> um, Denmark, yeah. Yeah. Of course. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I had never been to, you know, Norway, Sweden, Finland. Uh, so I knew I wanted to be, and especially in the summer, because I, I don't want extreme heat. I live in Charleston, South Carolina. It is hot and humid in the summer, like miserably so. I kind of relished the choice of being in a certain climate at a certain time of year. Yeah. So I thought, ooh, it's summer. I can not be sweating all summer like I normally am. Yeah. I can go north, you know. Just so, narrow down to a region based yeah. on the climate and yeah. then pick from there. And then pick from there. And really, I mean, like I said, I don't even remember how I chose Oslo above Stockholm or somewhere in fun. You know, I probably just started getting on Airbnb and looking at options yeah. and seeing what looked good. And, <laughs> um, yeah, so some some were kind of random and some were places that I knew I kind of loved and wanted to go back and get to know better. Can you talk a bit about the solo travel experience for you? Sure. You said in your initial email you prefer solo travel. I do. Right? I yeah. love solo travel, yeah. actually. I just recently put together that I really think it might be because I'm introverted which is actually the opposite of what you would think, right? You would think, well, it's easier for you to be a solo traveler if you're an extrovert because that makes you a people person and you're, you're probably more comfortable. So the thing about traveling solo versus traveling with someone is when you're traveling with someone, you tend to be quite insular with one another. So you're, you're kind of keeping with each other. You're talking to each other. Uh, and when you're solo, you're actually just more externally aware and you are more open to talking to the bartender, talking to the person who's sitting in the cafe next to you, talking, you know, um, I just find that I'm, I, it's easier to meet locals when I'm traveling solo because I'm just sort of open to it. You know, I'm just kind of by myself and I can just strike up conversation without the person next to me being like, great, how long are we going to be here with you yagging? <laughs> you <know? laughs> uh, so I really love it. I wanted to ask you about solo female travel because it's a it's a category unto itself I feel and there there are certain things like safety and questions that are brought up by people that are considering the solo female travel route uh, I just wanted to hear about your experience and any practical advice you had and just how it's been for you and or what just your thoughts around yeah. that as a topic even yeah um well, I'm a huge fan of it, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, specifically speaking to safety, I've, to be fair, I haven't 
I've been I've widely traveled in the U.S. and in Europe, and I'm you know not going to destinations that might be a little more considered a little more dangerous, I guess. Um, but I just feel like women know how to stay safe no matter where they are. We're taught how just practical safety tips, you know, from when we're small. So I think just apply those all the time and also uh, never ignore your instinct. Like we we all as humans, not just as, as women, have really good instincts. And I think some of us, in some of us, that's nurtured. And so we learn to really um, be guided by it. And in some of us, it's not nurtured. It's, you know, we're told, no, 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 just be logical and analytical and, and make decisions that way. I th- really think that uh, you can trust your gut always. And so if something doesn't feel right to you or feels kind of off to you or a little bit shady or, I mean, just, it's not going to, it's not going to hurt to, to trust that instinct. Yeah. <laughs> it rarely goes wrong if ever. Right. Is that, an- did I answer yeah, your question? Yeah, totally. Okay. Can you tell us a bit about some of your favorite experiences that you've had on the road so far? Hmm. Yes. Um, one just happened two nights ago. Really? Actually. In Norway. In Norway. Okay. Yes. Actually, a couple. My new home country representing. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> a couple of my favorite experiences actually have been in Norway. So two nights ago, I ended up at a dinner party with four wonderful women, all who live here in Norway. Really? Yes. Um, it's kind of magical how it all came together. I was taking a Zoom course from a woman named Martha Beck. She's, uh, yeah, you know her? Okay. She's like a career she's kind of coach? A, kind she's of? kind of a life coach. Yeah. She's like Oprah's life coach, basically. Yeah. Or has been. Um, and she she did a six-week course. And, well, it's, it's too much to go into it at the time. But I took the course, and hundreds of other people were in the course with me because it's just on zoom but we have a on we had an online community where we could talk to each other and share our experiences and share how we're getting on with the material and i noticed that one woman who posted it shows where you are your location it said oslo and so i responded and said oh i'm in oslo for you know the month she said oh that's cool maybe we could have coffee and i said oh my gosh i would love that i love meeting you know i always want to meet locals when i'm in a place and i said yes please and I said, I, I really don't know anybody here, so it would be great to meet you. And she thought, oh, she doesn't know anybody here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forget coffee. I'm going to invite a few of my wonderful friends over, and we'll have a little dinner party at my house. And she did. And so I went, and sh- it was delightful. And these were smart, wise, funny women. That, and it was just awesome yeah wow and those are the experiences yes. I, that i travel for yes. right like that's just <laughs> beautiful and you can't plan it and it's like yeah oh love yeah. it so that was awesome oh that's great yeah um what else well i told you i really loved vienna i love modern art and vienna is just a sea of it i mean you just can't see it all yeah uh that and then i loved going back to norway Going up to Ålesund. Is that, how do, Ålesund? Ålesund. Yeah. Uh, and boating through the fjords. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, just, just gorgeous, gorgeous <laughs> scenery. Uh, and that's actually another ex- great example of things going wrong and ending up better in the in 
the long run. So uh, I had a friend who lives in Dubai. She flew in for a week. So we did this trip together. Oh, cool. Yep. So we <laughs> That's another benefit of solo travel. Like you can have a friend come visit exactly. if you want. Exactly. And, yeah. Yes. Uh, so we booked this boat tour, but there are two different little harbor harbors in the in that little town, and we didn't know which harbor the boat was leaving from, so we missed the boat. Yeah. <laughs> Literally missed the boat. <laughs> and we were just like, oh no. So we go back to the ticket office and we said, you know, there was one more boat trip that day. We said, Can we use these tickets for that? you know, the, the next, it was in a few hours. So actually, you know, at first we were just kind of like really bummed out, but then what happened is we just had a few extra hours to explore this cute little town. And by the time we got to the next boat, this, the weather had just broken. Oh, it was just so much clearer and the rain moved out and it was like, here comes the sun and it's a little later in the day, which as a photographer, you know, it's yeah. like the light's better. And, oh my gosh, I was in heaven. <laughs> You're <laughs> so, in photography heaven here because the light just goes oh, on and on. That, just, that magical yes, hour yes. stretches yes. into the evening Absolutely, this time of year and stunning. far into the night even. You it's know. stunning. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. So we kept saying, I'm so glad we missed the boat. I'm so glad we missed the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Not something you say all the right, time. Right, exactly. What about the, what you might call like the mundane experiences of going and shopping at a yeah. kiosk or whatever, you know, just the small things that you do in every, I imagine being in Florence for two months, you're just living everyday life on some days where there yes. parts of just being a part of a community for an extended period of time that you saw as just maybe not on the surface there. Oh, this is like, a traveler wouldn't be like, look at the magical travel experience you're having. But just from spending quality time somewhere, you're having a, a bit of a more enriching experience. Can you? Yeah. Um, it is a very different experience. The slow travel is different than. Yeah. I was just going to say around, like, right? it's really different because you know, when you, when you're going somewhere for a week, you land in that place and you think, okay, what are those, what's that cool restaurant we wanted to check out? Wh um, what's the landmark that we want to see? Or what's the cool museum we want to check out? Uh, you're thinking about, uh, of course, w just the fun things you're going to do and you're going to kind of cram in for a week. When I land in a place <laughs> on this trip, it's like, okay, what, how does the public transportation system work here? Am I going to be mostly on buses? And what what is the bus num number that I need today? And what direction do I need to take it? And, and where is the grocery store? And can I walk there? Or do I need to take a bus there? And, you know, it's, am I going to be able to read any of the labels? On the, <laughs> you know, or can I guess the food by context? It turns out, not really. Yeah. <laughs> you would think so. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the logistical, practical things about living in a different country yeah. are so challenging they, they can be very fun but they're also just sometimes a huge headache i mean in florence i had to dig through the dredge you know dredge through the internet and find an english version of the manual of the specific model of washing machine that was in my apartment because i didn't know how to work it <laughs> so the, it's stuff like that that yeah. you don't hear about you know right, yeah. uh, and that's not the instagram post that you no. get i mean that's a part of travel right like yeah. it can be tiring having to figure out new cities all the time oh yeah at the same time when you're just traveling it's your only job too so you 100%. have the time to do it in some ways 100 well i mean depending on if you're it sounds like you've been traveling without 
work, right? Like you just saved up yeah. money and you, yeah. and that was something I wanted to touch on because you, you said that this was a bit of a sabbatical for you and that you might want to maybe learn some new skills and things like that. I'm just curious how that part's going for you. Maybe you can just give people a little context in terms of your freelance photography business and where you were at kind of going into this trip with that and mm -hmm. what this sabbatical means for you in terms like are you rethinking your career or I know this is a multi-level question but I feel like it all sure. ties in it does together yeah sure so I uh have been a photographer for 20 years yeah I'm I kind of consider I consider this midlife almost exactly like if I'm lucky enough to live to 90 right. I'm halfway there <laughs> yeah. yeah so um we're pretty much almost the same age are we? So, okay yeah, I'm 47 okay so, yeah yeah so uh, it felt like a really good time, both f just in life in general and especially in my career, I think, to pause and really be intentional about where to go from here. And I, I have always sort of taken assignments on as they've come and I've been lucky enough that they just keep coming. <laughs> uh, so that's been wonderful. And I've, I have really, I consider my career the, the best. <laughs> no offense to anyone. It's and a your dream jobs. career for a lot of people uh, to be a photographer. Completely. And get paid for it, right? It really I mean, is people great. People love it, yeah. It really is great. I I've met so many interesting people. I've had so many bizarre experiences. Uh, I'm an editorial photographer, meaning I shoot... Uh, photos that will run alongside a written story. Yeah. And so I'm shooting, you know, I'm not shooting models. I'm shooting real people doing interesting things, yeah. which is so fun. Yeah. All of that to say, I feel like I was in a place where it's like, okay, I've kind of almost let my career happen to me and that's great, but I want to start really intentionally driving, steering the ship as it were. Uh, Instead of just riding along and, you know, letting think the cards fall where they, where they may. So it was just about planning the next, not planning, but just sort of um, finding a, a really solid direction for what I wanted to do. Um, I have done some travel photography, but I really would love to do more, like specifically. I've traveled a lot for my job but it hasn't necessarily been to shoot travel-related things. It's still the shoots, you know, somebody who's in a different location or a... Um, so I'm just kind of trying to pivot that way. I'm also trying to incorporate a little more video um, and just think, oh, that would be fun. I'm really kind of a newbie. Uh, I don't shoot a lot of video. And so it's just hard to do that kind of thing alongside working and living your everyday life, right? Which is the point of a sabbatical, like pull yourself out of that routine so that you really can just reimagine, okay, here's where I've been. What's been working? What hasn't been working? What do I want to grow? What do I want to cut off and just not do anymore? You know, I, I really believe that we, we all need that for our careers, for our lives, for our relationships. Like we need moments of pause. It doesn't have to be a year abroad. It can be anything, any, any pause button that you can logistically work into your life. I think we all need 
to give ourselves a little respite, a little break and say, hey, you know, life doesn't just have to happen to me. Like I can, I'm steering the ship. <laughs> like I can point it in a direction that I want to go in. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's an intentional pause of some sorts for you. In your case, it's a, it's a year abroad because that's something you want to do. Yeah. But I love the idea of just having some intentionality around taking a pause and reassessing certain things. And you really do have to do it. It's like inevitably uh, things just snowball and then all of a sudden you might find yourself in a direction or doing different things that you don't really want to be doing, but it just sort of happened that way. And then you need to adjust and kind of course correct along the way. But if you don't take time to course correct, then can get way off course I guess exactly Um, and that's no small feat I mean it is very that's it's a it can cause some major shifts and major changes so for you has it been are you taking a lot of pictures and sort of enjoy or are you like I don't want to do anything with photography and I'm just or I'm just only going to do it yeah what's that been for you with uh, photography specifically so it's an interesting mix Essentially, um, I had to decide if I even wanted to bring my equipment with me because from a practical standpoint, it is so heavy. I don't just have a little camera with one little lens. (laughs) I'm a professional photographer, which means we carry like flashes, multiple lenses, multiple bodies. Did you bring it all? No. No. I left it home. Yeah, cool. So that was the big decision for me. I knew that I would take pictures with my phone while I traveled because I love taking pictures. Like it is my passion. I love it. It's the lugging of the equipment and the problem solving that comes with shooting something that you don't necessarily um, want to be. You know, uh, some assignments is just like it doesn't necessarily resonate with you. It's just the assignment you have that day. It's your job. And so, and the lighting might be horrible in that place. And the person that you're photographing might be grumpy that day. You know, you just, there's a lot of problem solving that happens with having to produce quality photos every single day. Um, And like I said, there's just a lot of physical schlepping of gear. Right. (laughs) And so it was that, I think, part of it that I just felt like I'm going to give myself a break from that. And I'm going to travel with my trusty little iPhone. And I'm going to just take pictures as I see them and as I want to. Cool. And yeah. Felt like it was the right choice. Yes, although <laughs> I will say. I'm sure there's been moments where you're like, I wish I had yes. my blah, 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 lens oh my gosh. whatever. <laughs> yeah, the, the boat ride, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, if I had my long lens right now. Yeah. Um, but you know what? That sounds to me like a part of the sabbatical and the pause process for hun- you, right? Like yes. it's, it's like, okay, if you, it's just adding another, like if you don't have the equipment, then you're, you can't do all those things you would do. So you're really forcing, that's true. Forcing the pause. That's true. Exactly. Let's take a brief pause. We'll be right back. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press, but I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago and immediately I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This 
device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks, so they also make an exceptional gift. Thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever Zero to Travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people, on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Now let's get back to the show. Have yeah. you? What have you learned uh, so far on, on this pause, on this sabbatical, as you've been reflecting on all these things you mentioned, kind of what you've been doing and where you might want to steer the ship next? And Yeah. What has it taught you? Um, this is a broad, this isn't specifically career related, but from a broader standpoint, I kind of went into this year feeling the intention of, I, I want to stop always praying for calm waters and start learning how to sail back to the ship analogy. Like life is chaos kind of a lot of the time. (laughs) And I'm a personality that like really thrives on calm and peace and quiet and everything in order. And I get thrown kind of easily and life is not suitable. (laughs) Being a human is not, is not uh, friendly to that sort of personality. (laughs) Yeah, True. Um, So, I mean, this trip with so much that has happened, has been unexpected. The curveball after curveball after curveball we haven't even covered there's been so many it's really like life took me seriously it was like okay you want to learn how to sail here we go you know it's like challenge 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 one after another um so that's been interesting it's been I'm I'm learning how to deal with things as they come up stay present don't shut down, don't run away, you know, just like be there, handle the situation the best I can, make the best decision in the moment that I know to make, Um, take time out to like take some deep breaths if I need to, and just really be present in the situation. And and it's been really beautiful. It's been incredibly hard, but it's also been really beautiful. Yeah. I think uh, solo travel, one big lesson it teaches you if you don't know it already is that you are a resourceful individual yes you the listener you i'm talking you know myself all of us i think we're more resourceful than we sometimes even give ourselves credit for and when you have situations that you need to figure out because you're it it all depends on you right yep there's nobody that you can look to and be like how do i get to the you know airport at four in the morning when there's no you know this is like well 
like you got to figure, figure it out. out. <laughs> 100%. And you do, you do. And you, you do. know, and you if do. you fail, then you learn from that. Yes. And you figure it out the next time. And that's just, uh, there's nobody else to rely on. Exactly. You know, and that's, there are a lot of valuable lessons, I think along the way in solo travel. Yeah. So what's next? Like where you want to give, give us a, an update on where you're headed and what you're thinking yeah. now that you, sure. You got some months left in your original plan, but you also don't have a ticket home yet. So that could mean a lot of different yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Are you going home? <laughs> <laughs> what is home? My mom basically asks me that question every day. Are you coming home? Well, what is home? Does it still feel like home back there? Or are you where? Yeah. It does still feel like home. My family's there. Many of my best friends are there. It's a special place, Charleston, yeah. to me. Haven't been, but I've heard wonderful things. It is wonderful. Yeah. It is really wonderful. But, wow, traveling full-time is, like I said, it is incredibly challenging, but it's also something that kind of, it's a good challenge. It, like, lights you on fire. It's <laughs> like... Are you tempted? I'm tempted to keep going. Are I'm, you? I'm tempted to... I mean, I don't know how I would practically pull that off. I would. I might have to, like, go home for another year keep saving or two years or three but years practicalities or, aside practicalities aside i would do this for another few years i think yeah okay interesting yeah i mean i think it starts there really yeah you know yeah just like this trip for you started the year started with hey can i do this thing yeah 100 percent. so it's totally something you can do of course it's yeah <laughs> so next okay so here's the ironic thing when I was in Florence in January and February, I visited a tiny, beautiful vineyard on a hill. And the owners happened to see my website because we were exchanging emails about my visit and I have it linked in my signature. And they said, we really love your work. We want you to come like during harvest time and take photos for us. <laughs> can you come back in September? Cool. <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, I think that would be okay. <laughs> so, so then you have to go get your gear. So my mom's going to ship it. Oh yeah. See, you mom to the rescue you again. To, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Get so, some major insurance on that shipment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are not kidding. Um, so yeah, I'm going, I'm headed back to Florence for the month of September. And then that will put me, uh, oh, then my best friend is flying in for a week and we're going to do the Amalfi Coast, which I'm really excited about. And then I'll have to get out again because then I'll hit my 90 day <laughs> restriction. And so I th think then I'll go back to the UK. I was in the UK this summer. Uh, really love England and Scotland like mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'll head back there and spend the rest of the year there, I think. Yeah. And you'll have your gear. And I'll have my gear. So who knows? I wonder, yeah. I mean, this could be a niche for you, right? Going to different vineyards and shooting <laughs> there. It wouldn't be the Listen, worst. Listen, everyone, if you own a vineyard, <laughs> I am your girl. Are you a wine drinker? Uh, I'm not a wine. I drink wine, but I'm not a wine person. You're not a wino? I'm more, yeah, I'm not a wino. <laughs> uh, I am a bureau. I do love oh, yeah, a okay. good craft beer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I could handle that job. I can Should we go them. for one of those after this? Is uh, it too early? I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. You, you always hear about these opportunities and maybe that's your version uh, of it, right? Like, you know, these things that could never happen unless you were on the road. And now you're going back and shooting this winery and who knows what that'll lead to. But I'm just always fascinated by the things that can 
come into your life yes. when you get out on the road and you're you're living your passion for travel. You yes. put yourself out there. You just don't know who you're going to encounter. I mean, it doesn't sound like in this case you were you weren't marketing yourself or anything, but still this Not is just these, these things can just happen and they and they can and they do and it's just a reminder I think for all of us listening, hey, there's I'm talking, uh, you know, a lot of times when I go on these little rants, I'm talking to myself too, because, you know, I have to remember sometimes that, hey, okay, this might be scary right now in this place you're in. You're not sure how things are going to pan out. But then months from now, you see all the opportunities that came that you didn't, you don't know right now are yep. on their, on their way. Yep. And then you just realize, okay, <sighs> things are going to be okay. Yes. You know, it's, yes. uh, things work 100%. out. So. Stay open. I feel like. You know, when people think about doing a trip like this or doing something really big like this, of course, you know, our brains are scrambling for like security and logistics. And this is just such a big risk. How do you know that, you know, it's not going to go disastrously? And uh, how are you going to afford this? And how are you going to make this happen? And how are you going to, you know, um, it's so risky. It's so risky. And I, I just feel like, but you know what? It's also a risk to not do it. It's also a risk to not follow your heart, to not be open to new experiences, to stay in your routine all the time. Like that's risky. Like you're risking losing so much richness and so much experience. And you might, you might meet your future best friend. You might meet your future spouse. You might meet a future business partner. You might just meet somebody cool that you'll never see again, but you're so glad you met them, you know? <laughs> uh, you just don't know what you're risking by not doing it. Everything is a risk. Life is risky. It's risky. So we just got to go in the direction that we feel happiest going. Not where we're safest necessarily. I mean, I don't advocate for doing something dangerous, obviously, but keep in mind that both sides have risks for sure. And what what would you rather do? I love that. Those people you just mentioned, did you meet any of them? Not so far. <laughs> <laughs> Not so far. Um, but, you know, I still have four months left. And, well, I did meet the lovely women at the dinner party yeah. the other night, which yeah. was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any practical travel tips or advice that uh, you've just learned through your experience in the last months that, you know, that can be even more relevant to traveling in, in this in modern time right now or anything, you know, saving money on Airbnbs or anything like that that comes to mind, feel free to share. Mm. I mean, I, I mentioned it before, but I, it really is kind of a big savings if you book an Airbnb by the month. Um, it just helps a ton. And even weekly, if you stay a full week, they usually give you a little bit of a discount. So that's helpful. And, you know, little things like if there's a museum you want to go to, Get on their website first because randomly they'll be like, oh, Friday evenings are free. Right. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, oh. You're like, well, I won't okay. go uh, until Friday then. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like $25. You right. Know? So, yeah. um, little things like that. That's Just true, Just kind of yeah. doing some research where you might not think to do research ahead of time. Yeah. And especially in like the arts, I feel like they do try to yeah. open up some of those things for yeah. some of the things that are maybe state supported in some ways or yeah, I like always. That. I always try to find like the sort of the weekly arts and entertainment little publications that come the out. Local and yeah, the local, yeah. yeah, because they'll just, then you can find little 
summer events happening in the park that you can just show up and just enjoy people or, you know, mm. um, those are free. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Love it. Any other parting words of advice before we let you go about your day here? We're going to, I don't know what we're going to do, but I'll give it a nice I'll, day here in, in is, Oslo. The sun's is, coming out. Yeah. It's starting to warm up. So, <laughs> uh, I'll just leave the listeners with a little, my little hope for them that they will take one minute, 60 seconds today to get in a quiet place, take a couple deep breaths and ask their hearts what they want. Cause that's kind of how I ended up here. Wow. <laughs> Not to get too deep. Awesome. I love <laughs> that. No, don't do that's Great. That's the challenge for the day. There you go, guys. You can if do you're this. listening and you're still here, hope you are, then let's all do that. I love, love it. that. Thank you so much. And yeah, share your website and your Instagram or wherever you want people to check out. Get in um, touch. Sure. I'm on Instagram at Leslie Ryan, L-E-S-L-I-E-R-Y-A-N-N, two N's on Ryan. And my website is Leslie Ryan McKellar. That's A R at the end of McKellar.com. If you have any feedback for Leslie or you want to say hi after hearing this, then I'm sure they can please do message you. Yep. They can find my email, I think in both places. Cool. Thanks so much for taking the time to meet up with me today. Thank you for hosting me in your city. You bought me a coffee. Thank you for the coffee. You're welcome for your coffee. And it's been really wonderful to get to know you and to hear your experiences. And I feel very inspired from this conversation. And, I wishing you all the best and I hope we can stay in touch and I, I can't wait to hear kind of where things go for you in the coming months and all that. Thank good you. Stuff, thank so. you for having me. It was thank fun. Thank you. All right. Take care. <laughs> Bye. There you have it. I want to thank Leslie once again for stopping by and taking the time to meet up in person. What a joy it was. And I was so inspired by this conversation. I wonder what, you pulled out of it. And how about that challenge she threw out at the end, sitting in a quiet space, taking a deep breath and giving yourself 60 seconds to ask what your heart wants, what your heart wants. So powerful, so uh, moving. And to think that really that small exercise was the genesis of all of these things that we talked about and her path towards travel. She mentioned at the end, this is kind of where it all started for her. So I wonder as we come out of this show and we take a little time as individuals to do that, where that might lead you. Maybe it doesn't lead you somewhere right away, but maybe it gives you a little bit of a a seed to plant for your next big adventure in life. Maybe it sparks some ideas or some thinking. 60 seconds is short, but concentrated time can feel like a long time if we're asking a deep question. So it'll be really interesting to hear from the community if you have time to check in and let me know what you discovered from the 60-second heart conversation challenge, we'll call it. Then drop me a line, let me know. Love to hear from listeners. Thank you so very much for being a part of this listening community. Before I let you go, I do have to 
leave you with a quote. I'm actually leaving you with a couple because I found this great quote on what it means to be a good traveler. But then I also thought we need to do some kind of a quote on opportunities, which was a big theme in this show. So let me do the traveler one first. This from Lynn Yutang, who said, a good traveler is one who does not know where he's going to, and a perfect traveler does not know where he came from. Ooh, I like that. Juicy. (laughs) And lastly, a short quote on opportunity from Milton Berle. If opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. Go build your door. Seize that next opportunity that you have. Thanks for listening. Much appreciated. And peace and love to you and yours. I'll see you next week. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.